You're listening to Ireland Today on Limerick Voice Live. Good afternoon and welcome to the Limerick Voice radio show, Ireland Today. I'm Mara Nolan and we have a jam-packed show for you. We are talking about the impact COVID-19 has had in schools and the Men's Shed charity. We're also discussing the impact of the closure of Topshop on its employees and Olympic athletes discuss whether the Games will go ahead this year. But first, here's Gary Feeney with the news. Thanks, Moira. The Education Minister has said she hopes schools will be able to return on a phased basis from the 1st of March. Minister Norma Foley told her Cabinet Collings work is underway for a full return to classrooms next month. However, the date is yet to be agreed with teachers' unions and other stakeholders. Labour's education spokesman, Aidan O'Reardon, isn't fully convinced a March 1st return can happen. Hope that she's she's correct. I heard a, a different date yesterday. Uh, if we are opening on uh, on the f- on the first of March, well then we want it to be done in, in a safe manner. But we cannot divorce the school reopening discussion from the wider discussion about suppression suppression of the of the virus. At that meeting this morning, cabinet was also updated on the talks around this year's leaving cert, with it hoped a resolution will be reached later this week. And a second cabinet meeting is underway this afternoon to sign off on mandatory hotel quarantine legislation. The new laws were not fully finalised this morning and an over-the-phone meeting is taking place to sign off on them. It's expected to be a number of weeks before the new hotel quarantine rules are in place, with ministers hopeful that can happen at the start of March. People Before Profit TD Richard Boyd Barrett says the measures restricting entry from certain countries don't go far enough. It's full of holes because it's going to be a sort of cherry picking of countries from which people will have to quarantine uh, rather than just uh, quarantining anybody who's coming in uh, to the country. And uh, unless the quarantine is across the board and that anybody coming into this country is quarantined, uh, it will not have the desired, uh, the desired effect. The government's been criticised for the location of some 37 new vaccination centres. They're to be rolled out in every county with some having more, depending on their population. Roscommon Galway TD Dennis Nocton wants to know if people can travel outside their county to a vaccination centre. Can people in South Donegal go to Sligo? Can people uh, in East Galway go to Roscommon to avail of it? There was Mm. absolutely no clarity or detail. Laws to regulate online content need to be fast-tracked according to Cyber Safe Kids. The group fears it could be 10 years before online safety is seen as normal, similar to how road safety practices evolved over the years. It follows comments from England's Children's Commissioner Anne Longfield, who says young people will look back and wonder how they were allowed to be exposed to the dangers of social media. CEO of Cyber Safe Kids Alex Cooney believes there is a lot of truth to those statements. In many ways we are living through uh, an experiment. We we don't really know uh, the longer term impacts of the exposure to some of the, the darker content that is available online. And finally, there's a call for people from Ireland and the UK to put themselves forward to become an astronaut. The European Space Agency is starting a recruitment drive and the chosen few could be on the moon before the end of the decade. The ESA wants people from all walks of life to apply. British astronaut Major Tom Peake explains some of what's involved. Prior to your mission, there are certain training events, for example, caves, where we learn about the psychological elements of living and working together in a, uh, a mixed cultural environment with our fellow astronauts from around the world. That's all for me. Ronan Coughlin is up next with the sport.
Thanks, Gary. Our main story today concerns the GAA, who have reported a deficit at national level of €34.1 million Euro after 2020 revenue was badly hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. It was revealed in the association's annual finance report, which shows the GAA's revenue fell last year by almost 60%. In tennis, and Serena Williams was in top form when she dispatched second seed Simona Halep 6-3, 6-3 at the Australian Open. She will now face 2019 champion Naomi Osaka in what will be her 40th Grand Slam semi-final. I definitely think this is um, the best match I've played this tournament for sure. And obviously I had to um, going up against, you know, number two in the world. And finally from me, Ireland rugby head coach Andy Farrell has retained a 24-man squad for a two-day training camp this week. 12 players in total have been released back to their province. The team will go to Rome in 11 days' time, seeking a first win in this year's Six Nations Championship. That's all your sport for now. Liu Yao is up next with the weather. Thanks, Ronan. This afternoon in Limerick, clear sky clouding over gradually, lettering at the end of the evening. Tomorrow morning, we'll see this continue with temperatures at about 7 degrees Celsius at the absolute best. That's the weather. Back to Meyer in studio. Big thanks to Liu Yao and the rest of the news team. Now first on today's show, the confusion around the reopening of schools has been heavily featured in the news over the past couple of weeks. Yesterday, Minister for Education Norma Foley says she hopes students will receive clarity in the coming days on the plans for the Leaving Cert exams, but this is dependent on continuing discussions with education stakeholders. Our reporter, Luiao Lu, spoke to two teachers this week about the need for schools to reopen and the difficulties educators face in the classroom. COVID has created hardship in all parts of life. Those in the education system have faced more uncertainty than most. Adele Callahan teaches Irish and English in St. Attack's Community School in Sligo. She tells us about the problems they face when in the classroom. I was definitely nervous because the teachers didn't even have their classrooms anymore. We were asked to move. So the students were situated insofar as they could be, obviously. And I fell pregnant uh, when we were in the first lockdown. <laughs> and uh, I went back to school in the second lockdown in September. So I was, tw- I was 20 weeks pregnant. I was halfway there. I suppose when, we're, when we were in our own classrooms, you're in your own little area and the students are coming in and out and you can keep an eye that the area has been cleaned regularly. Whereas when we were on the move, you don't know who was in what classroom before you, who was coming after you. So so this was one thing that was difficult for me, especially with being a higher risk. I was anxious that if there was a case in my classroom, I wouldn't be aware of it. I think we were entitled to know if there was a COVID positive case within the school, but not who the student was or teacher. So it was kind of, we were bl- blind really going into the classroom. It's not just the teachers who've been faced with uncertainty, but the students too. This has been highlighted again recently as the government tried to finalize plans for this year's living cert. Ms. Noonan gives us her thoughts on students returning to classrooms. It really depends on the year group. Um, I suppose the need for senior cycle students, particularly leaving certs, is a lot greater than the needs for the likes of first years or second years. Like in our school, for example, we're already over 
the um, quota in terms of capacity in the school. We really should have an extension at this stage. So when we're in the likes of a pandemic, it makes it more difficult to stay safe. It's so important socially and educationally and and uh, developmentally for them to be in school, absolutely. But it really is circumstantial. There's pros and cons for both. Secondary schools aren't the only ones affected. Primary school students have also been forced to spend much of the last year learning from home. Shin Chuhi is a teacher in Peking National School, and he feels that it's just as important for younger students to return to school. I think it's very important to get students back into the learning environment as soon as we can.、Uh, as we've seen throughout the lockdowns. Seems that students are really struggling with their education, whether it be that they're not getting the full support from teachers, or they just feel isolated from the learning process and not having full access to the school itself. I think it's very important that we get our students back into the classroom in a safe manner and be able to have our teachers feel comfortable teaching in full classes. That was our reporter Liu Yaolu on the reopening of schools. Two weeks ago, popular clothing brand ASOS announced on social media that they had secured a deal to buy brands Topshop, Topman, and Miss Selfridge, shutting down their physical stores in favour of online shopping. This left thousands of employees in Ireland and the UK without jobs. And joining me on the line this morning is Rachel Brunton. How are you, Rachel? Good. Yeah, literally just finished my um my lecture, so I'm like, ugh. Yeah, unfortunately, we're all used to the joys of online learning. Now, Rachel, there was a lot of backlash online as the majority of employees found out about the deal through social media and not from their employers. Is this how you found out as well? Yeah. So each store was different. Um. Now, with my store, we were told a couple hours before, so we were told like the night before that our we were just made redundant. Um. We didn't find out. We literally just found out through the liquidators. They didn't. Really give us much info. Like a couple of days before that had happened, they were saying it was looking promising that we were gonna be sold as a brand. And the way they told us it, oh well, I mean, I personally thought it meant our jobs would be secure, that they were buying like the shops as well as moving it online. Um, and then the night before, so about five six o'clock, we got an email saying all Irish stores are gone, and that as of like right now we were made redundant. Um, and that was kind of it. And then the next day, we we still had questions, like we didn't really know what was going on, and the liquidators were hard to get in touch with. Like it's very very official. Like it's not really like you would be talking to your manager or stuff. So the next day, then we woke up and seen that ASOS had tweeted saying. It's being moved online, and we were like, "What is going on?" Like we were, we were just really confused, especially the UK stores. They hadn't a clue what was going on. And since the news of the deal broke, have your managers been talking to you or your fellow employees? They text us nearly every day to see if we're okay, what's going on in our group chats and stuff to see where we're at. But soon as we went into administration in like November, um, I, we didn't hear anything. From any official like regional managers or anything like that, that was kind of just radio silence. Um, and now like as I said, like the store managers couldn't be more helpful. But even to that, it was like they were completely in the dark too. Like nobody knew what was happening. So even today, we still haven't received any like we're sorry about your job from like the higher up people of Topshop or Arcadia at all. Now it must have been so difficult to hear this news, especially with the stress and uncertainty that this COVID nineteen pandemic has brought. I'm not 
we'll say too bad because I'm only a student I don't have a family to be looking after and even for me it's really it is it's really difficult because we don't know now what's going to happen with the future because we're in a pandemic we don't know what way the economy is going to go whereas before the last two lockdowns we knew we had a job to be going back to so there was a little bit more security but being told like you've lost your job and like everything is so uncertain it's it is it's just really scary time like who knows what way the world's gonna go you know now on the upside haven't you started your own small business on instagram um literally it's very small just selling little resin products coming up to likes of christmas or um valentine's day anything kind of themed or custom made just for something to do as well as getting a little bit of money from it too and has there been a good response I tweeted out just a little tweet being like, I'd just love if someone could share my account, if someone could just follow it. Like, I'm not asking anybody to buy it because obviously times are really tough. And I got such a big response. I got nearly 200 followers just from people sharing it around. I've never, ever gotten as much support in my life. Like, people wanted to buy little things for Valentine's Day. Um, just to support in any way because supporting small businesses is really, really good right now. Um and yeah it was just really nice and nice to know people who are actually willing to help as well in a hard time I've always heard people being like you're just a number to a company but this side of it has really been like yeah literally we're just a number there's thousands of us so it is that bit more personal as well and it's really good to support a small business thanks so much for talking with us this afternoon Rachel thank you that was Rachel Brunton talking to us there on the uncertainty Topshop workers are facing. We reached out to ASOS for a comment on the situation, but they have not responded. We're going to take a short break, but coming up, we have Ronan Coughlin, who's been talking to Men's Shed Ireland, and we speak to some of Ireland's Olympic athletes about their prolonged Olympic preparations. Welcome back to the Limerick Voice radio show, Ireland Today. Now, did you know that there are over 450 men's sheds in Ireland? Our reporter, Ronan Coughlin, spoke to Sean Dalton from the Douro Doyle and Raheen Shed this week. Sean's video on social media recently highlighted the issue of all men's sheds across the country, which remain empty due to the ongoing lockdown restrictions. Have a listen. I'm just walking in here to a men's shed in Douro Doyle, Raheen. It's a shed that we worked on for four or five years. We worked very hard as a committee, great lads. And the first thing that strikes me when I come into today is the quietness here, the stillness. There's nobody here except myself. And there isn't um, a sound here. And there was always sound here. I didn't even go down there with the intention of doing a video. I uh, suppose loads of people have asked me down through the years what goes on in the men's shed, you know. It went down very well with people. They they, they, they saw what it was and they saw what it's all about and, and um, hopefully it kind of encouraged other people to go to a men's shed, you know, because that's often a, a, a difficulty with the men's shed is to actually get people in the door, you know. I don't know where men have just this kind of, you know, I don't need any help or I don't need a men's shed to find the way I am. I think we're all only too aware at this stage the impact this pandemic has had on all generations, but even more so our older generation. Sean, talk to us about the importance of having a men's shed in the Doradoyle Raheen area, what that means to you, how important it is to have that community and network around you, particularly in these times. I, I live on my own. Um, I have a son in Dublin. He's, he's in college. I'd say effectively, like if if I were to leave it that way and follow the 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 regulations to the law, 
I could go from Monday to Friday, uh, Monday to Monday to Sunday, and meet nobody. Right through the the period, we still have to um, maintain contact and keep the shed up. And you know, there's has certain issues might come up. Like for example, you might go down there today and be um, there might be some guy coming to install something, or there might be uh, some grant to be applied for. And for that reason, we're always on to each other and we have a kind of a WhatsApp group. Talk to us about Dennis. I know Dennis was a founding member of The Shed who sadly passed away a number of months ago. Tell us about Dennis and the impact his death had on The Shed and the community. He passed away and, you know, we couldn't go to the funeral and so we went up to the funeral home and we went up to the to the church. We found a guard of honour on the way out on both sides of the hearse. You know, it's one of the really sad things about these funerals now like this. There's really wonderful people being buried and nobody can pay respects to them properly like that, you know. Sean, you've been very good with your time. What are the best reasons for somebody to join their local men's shed? I got involved a few years ago with a, a ukulele band and uh, we play ukulele and banjos and stuff like that, you know. And it's very uplifting. It's uh, it's great fun, really, like that, you know. The best reason to join the local men's shed, I would say, um, I often heard the old saying that, uh, that community and and friendship and community is the antidote to loneliness. I would see the, the men's shed as a great antidote to loneliness. Uh, loneliness... Um, very few people like to say they're lonely, but lots of people are lonely, and it does, you certainly won't be lonely in a men's shed. That was Sean Dalton from the Men's Shed organisation speaking with our reporter Ronan Coughlin in studio earlier today. If you would like to share your opinion on this topic, contact us on the Limerick Voice pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, Training for the Olympic Games is always going to be one of the toughest tasks any athlete will endure, and doing so for three consecutive years would be a monumental task for any competitor. This is the reality for all Irish Olympic hopefuls, as the International Olympics Committee try to decide if Tokyo 2020, which was originally due to take place last July, can take place this summer or will it be postponed to 2022. Sports reporter Ivan Smith caught up with Irish track and field athletes Thomas Barr and Kieran Neville to find out how they've been dealing with the lack of clarity. The Games of the 32nd Olympiad in 2020 are awarded to the city of Tokyo. Yeah! Those were the scenes from September 2013 when Tokyo was declared the host of the 2020 Olympic Games. However, in March of last year, the COVID-19 pandemic forced the Games to be postponed. Five months out from the rescheduled Olympic Games, athletes are still unsure of whether they will be able to compete in the largest sporting event in the world. Kira Neville is aiming to qualify for the Olympic Games for the first time. However, she admits the lack of clarity surrounding whether the Games will take place is a huge concern. Especially when I don't even have my qualifications secured yet. It's like wondering, are they going ahead and wondering, will there be meets that I can qualify at? So, but I suppose we just have to remain optimistic throughout it all and just go ahead as if they are going ahead until they are cancelled, which hopefully they won't be. The first lockdown was definitely the toughest because it was I was away from my coach and all my training partners and obviously the tracks and the gyms and all that were closed. 
So I was just training at my house. Um, so that one was definitely the hardest. Like there was no sight of any competition. So it was really hard to motivate yourself. But I suppose you just had to think about the end, the end goal and why you were doing this. So that's kind of what got me through that. And we were lucky that we had access to the track and the gym for all the other lockdowns. It was kind of just the first one that was the toughest for me. Thomas Barr finished fourth in the 400 metre hurdles at the 2016 Olympic Games. Four and a half years later, he is preparing for an Olympic Games unlike any other. It is a strange one. So that in my mind, like there's a lot of talk as to whether the Olympics will or won't go ahead. And I suppose we've been told from, you know, from the, the top tier that it is going to go ahead, whether or not it's behind closed doors with no uh, stadium, uh, no crowd in the stadium or anything like that. It will go ahead. So that's what I'm planning on. And that's what I'm aiming for. I'm kind of not even thinking about the fact of if it doesn't go ahead. If it doesn't go ahead, it doesn't go ahead. But I'm training as if it is 100% we're ready to go in, in six months. There are days when I, I'm, I'm at training and I'm like, you know, why, why, am I, why am I doing this? Why am I bothering? You know, there's no immediate goals or from so far out from a competition. And that's, that, that's potentially up in the air. It's like, why bother? But I suppose at the same time, I still enjoy training. I like training. I like pushing myself. Uh, it's a social thing for me. Like I know that the group is a much smaller group at the moment because of COVID. You know, we've had to really restrict numbers, um, but it's still good banter. I go down and I enjoy the banter with the lads on the track and, and continue to kind of push myself. But there are a lot of days when I don't feel motivated. I don't want to be training and kind of thinking, what's the point? And I think that's where, like, I'm, I'm, well, I'm also highly motivated by those kind of short-term goals. I'm also relatively disciplined, and that's where the kind of discipline takes over. And just to get out the door, get down to the track, get the session done. Um, and, and that's kind of the way I, I just have to do it. It's, it's my job now, you know. There's not Everybody doesn't go to work every day thinking you know highly motivated they want to go and do a lot of work whatever it is if it's an office an office job or whatever so i kind of look at it that way as well that was our reporter ivan smith talking with olympic athletes about the summer 2021 games now that's all we have time for today a big thank you to everyone who tuned in from all of us on the ireland today team i've been your presenter mara nolan and until next time have a very good afternoon